We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Stay Hot. Today, we have a very special bonus episode for you today. I'm Bladen Kirk, joined, as always, by my two favorite co-hosts of all time in Matthew Sponauer and Theo Ashen. Today, we're joined by a man who needs no introduction, mm. former NBA champion, ESPN analyst, as well as the host of Road Trippin' with Channing Fry and Ali Clifton, also on the Blue, the Blue Wire podcast. Yeah, network. don't mess that one up. Don't mess that one up. <laughs> Of all things to mess up, can't can't mess up my bosses, you know. Richard Jefferson, welcome to the podcast. It's great to have you. It's so good to be here, guys. What's popping? Busy day in basketball. Just a lot of stuff, fun things going on. Absolutely. I was going to try to think of like something to make fun of you for right off the top here, but I, I really couldn't think of anything new. I was like running, I could call him Dick. I could make fun of the tattoo, being bald. And it's like, it's all been done before. So yeah. And it's uh, honestly, all of those things have made me so much money that like, I still encourage it, you know, when like, that's what you're kind of known for in that space. And it's just like, Hey, yeah, yeah. More bald jokes. People like bald jokes. That's why you get a ton of followers and the more followers you get, the more money you get. So Theo, please spend a little bit more time. I would prefer you to even just regurgitate an old joke than to not shoot a shot. Come on, man. man your tattoo is bad. Jesus Thank Christ. Thank you. Could you Thank talk about you. that? You're from, yeah, I can't uh, make fun of you. I, you went to U of, I'm an ASU guy. You went to U of A. Maybe I can make fun of that, but you know. No, because we we know the truth between Arizona State <laughs> and Arizona, which that which one is the actual program. So like, there's not even like, you guys are like, well, we have James Harden. And it's like, yeah, but we've been seeing his postseason performances. Which we'll talk about. But you know, you're from Phoenix though, which is not Tucson. So I don't, yes. I actually have never been to Tucson. Like I'm from Minnesota. So people are like, well, oh. you hate Tucson now. So where, where, where in, where in, where in Minnesota? I'm from a town called Northfield, Minnesota, which is about 40 minutes South of the twin cities. I, I doubt you've ever been no. there. No, no, I just, I don't, I just want the people to know how obscure of a place that you made it out from. And like, <laughs> oh yeah, I made it out of the, you know, I made it out really, of the trip. You should be, yeah, you should <laughs> really, trenches. you know, that the Minnesota trap has to be real, <laughs> real thick. I made it from the trenches of Northfield, Minnesota. Yeah. But <laughs> yeah. Phoenix is a nice place. Though. Anyway. Yeah. Is- Phoenix was great. Phoenix was a great place to grow up. Hot as hell. Tough place to learn how to play basketball outside. Uh, you know, in the summer when they just tell you, when your parents just tell you to go outside and play. Well, my parents were sending me out into like 115 degree weather and I was a basketball player. That's a tough combo, but you know, made me tougher. It did. It did. That's why you, that's why you want to ring. And it really came down to that. Yeah. yeah I, I think that's it. The sun. Definitely the sun. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. What up, Bladen? How you doing, man? <laughs> oh, you know, not too bad. Uh, just rocking my Sacramento Kings jersey. Why? <laughs> well, okay. I'm a big fan of Darren how, wait, Fox. How old this are you? I love Sacramento. <laughs> this, <laughs> 21. You're 21. So how old were you in the last time they made the playoffs? <laughs> I'm, here's the thing. I'm not even a Kings fan. <laughs> oh, just, just, just De'Aaron. I'm just... Yeah, just De'Aaron Fox, man. Like that's it. I wonder, are there more De'Aaron Fox fans or actual Kings fans? 
Oh, that's a good one. You're just like a fan of the city of Sacramento, though. I I do also. Okay. So I I visited Sacramento when I was running track. I visited Sacramento to, I was like a national track meet, right? And it was 106 degrees four days in a row, which is the best weather I've ever experienced. 106? Yes. Is that what you said? Oh, wow. Okay. And ever since then, I've always loved the city of Sacramento. Well, see, you're not from California, are you? <laughs> no, I'm from Columbus, oh, Ohio. <laughs> exactly. Let's just say this. Let's just, you know, people in California, they they respect the state capital of of, of Sacramento, and then that's where it stops. <laughs> that's where that's that's where it stops. The Sacramento people. No, I'm just joking. Sacramento fans, the city, uh, it definitely has a certain energy about it. Um, but I've seen it when they were rocking, when they had Vlade and Peja and Bibby. That that place was that place was one of the crazier places to play. They still do. Yeah. They're just all wasting away in the front office. <laughs> still, they still have those guys. Just, hey, Darren, Fox, yeah. Darren Fox is ready to save the franchise. Either that, or they should free him. Oh, oh well, no, he's not. <laughs> he's he's a very good player, very talented player, but. You know, sometimes you kind of figure out where players kind of fall in their hierarchy, right? There's some guys that can be a 1A. There's some guys that can be a 1B. There's some guys that probably best perform or would be legitimate on a 1C, on a, you know, C, D level. And that's not a knock. It's like Drew Holiday. Is Drew Holiday good enough to like right. lead a team to a championship as another one, a number one guy? Probably not not is he good enough to be the number two it's like ooh, but you put drew holiday at the number three spot and have Giannis, and now it don't even matter who the hell you got around them that's a formidable group so it's like look is De'Aaron fox probably closer to being like a drew holiday type or if he's the third best player on a team like a tyrese maxi like one of those guys and you have a damn good team the problem is, is that the Sacramento Kings have had him as the best player since the day he showed up. <laughs> <laughs> that is the nicest thing I think anyone has ever said about De'Aaron Fox around me. And I, appreciate that. <laughs> I don't see that much De'Aaron Fox. I, I don't know. It's just tough for having him as like. I, I never see anybody. I team. never see anybody talk about De'Aaron Fox except for you. So, <laughs> that's, yeah, that's, that's, hey, that's the only thing. He's. He's. He, I would argue he's top three in my favorite players list. Top three. Okay, who are the other two? James Harden's up there. Oh, you're having, tough, tough you're having a tough. You're having a tough year. You're having a tough year. They're like, who's your third, please? If you say like Ben Simmons, or like, I, I like, I don't well, like well, I'm I'm a Cavs fan. So who do you okay. think my favorite player is? Darius Garland. Well, no, it's LeBron. It, oh, oh, well, oh, yeah. Well, yeah, LeBron. That's a that's a. Yeah, man. Listen, man. I'm glad you know. There's a lot of players that are glad they're not on your list of favorite players right now. I'm not saying there's, <laughs> there's a there's a uh, a jinx, but man, you had a tough year as a fan. <laughs> tough year as a fan. Yeah. And then there's Matthew Spano. I guess we'll go through the three all three of us. Matt's a Hornets fan. <laughs> yeah, oh. Matt's got a real bad. <laughs> yeah, I can tell. By it's the it's getting teal. better. <laughs> I have I have some. Yeah, I've, I've put on the Hornets shirt. No, I, know, I have some hope joking. for us. Why do you have hope? Come on. <laughs> well, I, the way I'm looking at it, you know, teams, small market teams, I got to build through the draft. And right now the Hornets have been drafting really well. Yeah, so, but they're getting better. So those drafts are going to be harder. That's right? true. That's, that's, that's true. That's where, that's where it starts to get. That's why you got to hit on those top picks. Yeah. Y- yeah. You can end up like getting another top pick if your team still sucks because the top picks suck. But like if you get a guy that you draft a guy at two and he's pretty good, you're going to have to start drafting around the 12, the 10s. So that's where like hitting becomes a little bit harder, but they've done, they've done a good job so far. Yeah, no, Mitch, Mitch Kupchak's been really good about that. We have two more this year. And mm-hmm. I think, you know, you already have LaMelo, you already have Miles. They're so young. And then you've got, you know, other guys like Kai Jones and Book Knight. If just one of those dudes can turn out, yeah. this yeah. dude, they're going to be the they've best they've ever been in my life. They've been drafting yeah. well. We haven't seen their rookies. They never played. Yeah. <laughs> well, hopefully, Borrego's <laughs> gone, so it might be a little bit different next year. But they do Can't have a problem with actually Knight playing. The right, the bench for another year. <laughs> like, oh, see you guys, you guys. They, I see you guys like to be real aggressive towards each other's fandoms. But no, Charlotte, Charlotte, Charlotte has a chance. Um, but I don't know the three um, the three head coaching positions, the Lakers, them, and uh, who's the other one that's open? 
Oh, I don't know. Lakers. I was Sacramento, looking at it just today. Lakers, Sacramento, and, and Charlotte. So two things that you guys have in common. Both both, both <laughs> your squads are looking for coaches. And I'm going to say your squad because you're a De'Aaron Fox fan. Yeah, um, you know. Which job do you think is the better job? That's a tough one. I feel like with the Lakers, you maybe have less control, but it's the Lakers and you're in L.A. So mm-hmm. my gut would say that. The Hornets probably have... I mean, they're really young and really talented. Like you can see a coach like Dan Tony wanted to coach up LaMelo. And I'd say Sacramento's probably third. So I think he could definitely lift LaMelo and lift the run and gun. But that to me means that he's just a stopgap until you can bring in the guy, right? The only problem is you're going to try and bring in the guy after Dan Tony sets forward these very, let's say, hard to break habits. Right. So like LaMelo might all of a sudden become another MVP under Dan Tony and all oh, they're scoring 140 points a game and they lose in the second round or they maybe make the conference finals. Then all of a sudden you have this this like high powered this. And you're like Dan Tony has never won. And that's not a knock on him. I think he's an amazing coach. But at this point in time, like if you believe that you have a championship team, like Dan Tony's not the guy to call. Dan Tony's the guy to call when you're re- ready to raise people's levels. And that's what he does a great job of. So good luck with that. That's my concern is that maybe the goal right now is just getting it to where LaMelo likes the offense so he'll stay. I'm kind of worried. Like, you know, people are going to talk about LaMelo going to the Lakers for the yeah. sake of talking let about me, Let me say that. Let me stop this. Just, just really quickly, Matt. How many mm-hmm. players have not signed the rookie extension. That's true. That's true. Okay, it's so just so just just almost, like Zion, you heard Zion go, "Hey, yeah, anybody want to offer me money? Like if they want to offer me, I'll take it." So, don't stress about him. So, take that thought out, just stress about how trash your team is. Don't stress <laughs> about him leaving. Damn. Okay? The, I that, would say maybe the part of the reason why we did fire Borrego is I feel like a lot of times the Hornets' whole goal is just to go as fast as possible. Mm-hmm. And that's cool. And they're built to do that, right? Like with LaMelo and Miles, like, yeah, the fast break's going to be good. And, you know, they're drafting around that. Like Kai Jones is definitely another dude who I think will be good on the fast break when it gets to that. But that can't be what you do. That can't be the whole game plan. So I wonder if just another coach who's maybe not, you know, the same as Borrego, but um, is focused really on on just the speed aspect. And obviously, you know, when, when defense is our biggest problem right now, um, Maybe D'Antoni's not the best option, but I also feel like the defensive personnel is what's holding back the Hornets' defense, maybe more than coaching. Uh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> but they shouldn't have been where they were. They shouldn't have been. No, that low. I agree. I agree. They with shouldn't the have been that, even though they were, be- even though they were better than they had been, and they were progressing. Some of that is because of natural talent development, right. which was a positive right. thing. Like Bridges, they did not know Bridges was going to be this good. Every year, this dude showed up. And like got better. And they were like, how? A lot of it has to do with LaMelo Ball. LaMelo Ball is like those guards that when you play with him, he's an energy guy. He's a feel-good guy. He's a sharer. He's a highlight guy. Those guys are in the same mold of the the Jason Kids, the Magic Johnsons, um, you know, to a, a different way, like a LeBron James. Um, when you look at just their energy that they play with, guys are going to play better playing with him. Right, like, and and Chris Paul is right. one of those guys. Chris Paul's more of like a, like not, not iron, in the same iron, like, way, not in the same way, but not like a happy energy, right? Like an iron. <laughs> Chris Paul's like an iron, iron fist military school type shit, and it's great. That's why he's a Hall of Famer. And there's no, but it's like there's a difference when playing with like those high energy, like kind of fun guys. Yeah, yeah, I do, I do think that like. With with Miles, they should have extended him last year because uh, mm. I, I I thought that he sh- he showed that improvement in the last half of the season. I guess they got worried about getting locked in the contract, so that's how they got well, themselves. They in trouble they, in they, they 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 yeah they messed themselves up. They messed themselves. But it's up. not it's not the same. I think a lot of Hornets fans are worried about that they're going to get locked in the contracts. But it's not the same because that team was all a bunch of role players who were kind of where they were, and this team's so young. Well, and there was a salary. There, about but it. Yeah, but and there's a salary cap bump. There was a salary cap bump that teams had was, to get to the floor. They had to get to the floor, so teams just started paying people because it's like they had to give the money away. Like people can look at like the terrible contracts. This well, the like 
the way the basketball money splits is 50% based, basically around 50% goes the owner, 50% goes to the players. So if there's a huge billion dollars that's added because of a new TV deal, that money has to go to the players and whoever's up for contracts, they just get it because it has to be spent. And there was a rule that they were going to try and incrementally do it so that like guys that were under contract for two more years could also, but then players were like, no, screw that. We want all the money all right now. Dumb part for us is you shouldn't have done that because that's why you had those one year bloated, bloated contracts that were just like, like the rest of the teams were just were like, it were killing teams after that. Cause mainly cause the players said we wanted our money stupid yeah and it's funny because you know the hornets are probably the number one team that messed themselves up that offseason lakers the lakers, lakers were probably number lakers, two number with two lakers yeah mitch cup dang and mitch cup and and um and mozgov. mozgov Ooh, those contracts they just i think there's they might still be playing luau dang maybe this was the last year i think this is the i know the uh hornets are still playing paying batum this is the last yeah. season oh. that he has on, oh. on dead cap he's got eight million oh. but 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 batum's pretty brutal. good yeah, he was he was good when we there was a point in time where Batum was a very legit player. Yeah, but yeah, it got but he to was the point never, where we him like thirty million. He wasn't even getting on the floor. Yeah, he wasn't that guy. He wasn't that guy. In, instead of talking about the, we could talk about the Hornets all day, and we as could. much as I would love to, I, I, I was about to say Theo, like, we, you, yeah, you yeah, like yeah, guys, guys, this, this is a, this is an open format, guys. You can just fucking jump in at any point in time and just tell it is. me and Matt and to I shut wanted, up. I wanted to jump in when you were talking about D'Antoni because you were saying like he's a really good, he's someone who can elevate you, get you a lot of wins in the regular season, but come playoff time, he's like consistently been a second round exit. And I wanted to ask you as someone who's done it, like what is, what is that? You know, when, when a player is a regular season player and then they, they never win in the playoffs, like how do you view that? How is game planning different in the playoffs? And is it fair to hold some guys like I know Westbrook is one and and whenever a, a good player loses early in the playoffs, is it like, is it fair to like kind of ignore the regular season for a lot of it and and put the pe- the playoffs on this crazy high pedestal? Or Rudy or Gobert it, or Rudy Gobert, yeah. someone like Gobert. I hate Gobert, well, so look, please tell well, okay. <laughs> please oh, okay. say that so, he's a fraud. So there's there's different <laughs> levels of respect and disrespect, right? There's right. different levels. Um and so it's like when you look at players like, dude, you're not gonna disrespect I'm not gonna disrespect Rudy Gobert. This dude's a three time defensive player of the year. That means he was the fucking baddest defensive guy out on the planet for all 82 games when you, but the problem is in, when you get to the postseason, it can be matchup based. It can be bad matchups. There are teams now it's not the same. So a player can be like phased out of a series. And as much as he's trying to do his best, when you can sit and strategize, and that's where you start to really see like geniuses, right? Whether it's the same players, the same coaches, like all, once you see like all of the same people, in the postseason, it's because those are the brains that have figured it out or their bodies or whatever. That's why it was Jordan for those years and LeBron. And like, it's the same usual suspects. It feels like Kobe and Shaq, like one or the other. You know what I'm saying? Because those yeah. guys were so good. So like for a guy like Westbrook to get an MVP and then have a subpar season this year, like people make it seem like, like he was the worst basketball player ever. And you're like, no, this dude has been a monster for – you know, since he took UCLA to the final four, right? Like, like this guy has been a monster for, for 15 years and he had a crappy year. It happens, but it was just, you know, the regular season, the postseason, the postseason is just like, that's the elite of the elite, right? Like people always say, oh, the game slows down in the postseason. That's not true. It slows down because good teams don't turn over the ball. Good teams get back on defense. You know what I'm saying? So the game slows down because you're only playing against good teams. People make it seem like it's a deliberate or teams don't want a fast break right, or right. teams don't want to do any of that stuff. Or it's like, oh, it's the playoffs. We like to play at a slower pace. It's like, no, like if you're playing against good teams, like go look at Boston. Boston looked like they were the gods of the NBA when they swept the nets and the defense that they played on Kevin Durant was like that of like, it was going to be in like text basketball textbooks till the fucking dawn of time. Then they go against Giannis. Who's like, hello, my name is Giannis and I am going to eat. <laughs> like, it was just like, that was my terrible Giannis accent. <laughs> that was really no, bad. No, no, no. <laughs> I was trying to do a combination of like Giannis and like Drago from Rocky four. And it was really bad, but no, but I'm just saying though, it's like, 
things can happen. Now, all of a sudden, if Giannis just dominates the Boston Celtics and they lose 5-1, does that mean that the Boston Celtics weren't ridiculous this year? No, it meant they lost the, probably the best player in the world, right? So it's like, like the playoffs are just a different, different mental, emotional, and physical monster. And so it's hard to judge people negatively unless you've seen them just crumble in like the biggest of moments, which we see that often too. So uh, people overreact to, you know, one postseason because everyone, sometimes you just have like a bad series and it, it can happen. Yeah. But with a Rudy Gobert type player, you've seen the Jazz struggle with that and you've seen teams want to match up against him mm-hmm. over and over and over. So I do think it kind of changes the perspective. I like understand if someone thinks he's not the best defender in the league, even though he has three defensive player of the years. Yeah. Well, the defensive player of the year. The, okay. So let me say this. Defensive player of the year is not always an individual de- defender, like like a Marcus Smart. But understand this. The Utah Jazz will be number one or number two or number three. Typically in the years he wins, he, they're either number one or number two. So they'll be that. Then he'll ha- he'll be top three in the league in shot blocking, if not number one. Top three in the league in rebounding, if not one, two, or three. He'll be somewhere in those spaces. That's how he's got the award. But the flip side about this is understand this. The Utah Jazz's defense, if they are in the top three, all of that, our number one, is predicated on sending every player to Rudy Gobert. We're going to send every player all year long to that dude, and what did it do? It got us the number one defense in the league. That's how you get it. It doesn't mean he's a great individual defender, but come postseason when it's seven games and you can sit and focus and do all of those things and you have – like 10 days to play a series, you can key in on one person. And if a guy hits a ton of threes and corner shots, then you got to tip your hat to him. Right. So, um, you can't discredit somebody in the postseason because teams are able to strategize in a better way. Uh, it does kind of limit your long-term dominance and championship. Like is, can Rudy Gobert be the starting center on a championship team? I think so but he can't have the same makeup of a Donovan Mitchell and this like Donovan right. Mitchell is a top 20 player in the league. In my opinion, um, maybe Rudy Gobert needs a top 10 player. I I'm, I'm pretty sure Luca wouldn't mind having him on his team. You know what I'm saying? Like, so it just, it just becomes like, maybe he needs a little bit better of a player around him. And that's not a knock to either of those two players. I think Donovan Mitchell, maybe he needs, instead of having Rudy Gobert, maybe he needs to go find his, Chris Middleton. Maybe he needs to go find, you know, a, a wing player that like is on par with him to go make a different type of run. And that's the thing about building a championship team is finding that one. Like there's a lot of great players in the league, like Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert. But the number of guys in the last 40 years that have been the number one player on a championship team is low. It's all yeah, I mean, it's you have to be one of the low. best five players. And even then. Mm hmm. Yeah, there's 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 not many. What you got, Theo? I was gonna say like that kind of brings us to our first series that we were planning mm. on talking about, which is Bucks versus Celtics. And mm. I picked the Celtics to win this series, but like after watching Game One, I think about you know how it usually is kind of the same cast of characters you see in the finals all the time, whether that be you know LeBron making it for eight straight years or, or the Warriors with KD and Curry or you know, before that, the Spurs. And I'm beginning to think like, is Giannis the guy that you just pencil in out of the East every single year? You know, is he that caliber guy where it's just like, man, you have him. It's just like, you, you just can't beat him. And Theo, you, you and I had got totally different things from that, watching that game. You, you got from that game that, oh, Giannis is him. Yes, and I got from that. Well, game, not just that. I'm a, I'm a son. I mean, Giannis. I, yeah, <laughs> I got from that game. The Celtics played bad and only lost by twelve. I mean, twelve is a lot, man. And like 12, they, the points is, in the twelve. I feel like twelve isn't that. Like twelve is salvageable. I mean, they scored eighty nine points. They just could not get to the paint at all. Nah, they could not nah, score they, there. They, and it's like, man, I don't know if that's going to get better when you've okay, got a guy oh, like Giannis there. Okay, a couple things, Theo. One, you got to have more faith in yourself. You got to believe in yourself. If you are a person that is going to panic after one game, you shouldn't be getting <laughs> picks. Okay. <laughs> I believe in you. I believe in you, Theo. So, like, you have to say this. Let me teach you a little analyst work. I believe the Boston Celtics are going to win this series. They didn't do what they were supposed to in game one because of X, Y, and Z. I'm not wrong. They're wrong. 
right? They're wrong because <laughs> they didn't do what I told them to, right, Theo? That's that's a little analyst trick, okay? Uh, I shouldn't be giving out these trade secrets. So uh, next <laughs> is we're going to address this. I don't know if if, if we're going to see a run like what LeBron did, eight in a row, two different right. teams, four straight, like. If there was a dude, Giannis could be that dude because he's young enough. He's dominant enough. There is no true way to guard him because he's just so just like all the greats are like have a combination of like physical or basketball traits that just make this absurd. It's like you think that God couldn't build a bigger, faster, like basketball specimen than LeBron James. And like eight seconds later, here comes freaking Giannis. Right. And you're like, what on earth is this? How do we guard this? What? He doesn't shoot, but like he's a point guard that's six eleven and the most athletic with an eight foot wingspan. What do we do with this? So like Giannis would be that dude that let me say this about Boston. What people didn't really see is like the Brooklyn Nets, they they were not. They were like the names were great. It's like it's like you ever see your two favorite actors in a terrible movie, right? It's not that they can't act, <laughs> but it's just like the movie, the script, all of this, they should have not done this movie, right? They should have not done this movie. And everybody can think of one where you're like, my favorite actor did one of the worst movies I've ever seen. What is it? So like I don't know. I I can't. Oh, you're just making it up. Okay. I'm making making it (laughs) up. Generalities. I was, I was, okay. I was just wondering if you had one in mind. I'm messing, I'm messing, I'm messing with you, Theo. I get, I get the, I get the analogy though. I understand. But the whole, the the whole point of it is more of that, like the Brooklyn Nets weren't that good. They had a ton of talent, but they didn't play good basketball. They weren't very, they they weren't as disciplined. And some of that was a continuity and all that other stuff, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. They They weren't weren't really a team in the same sense. And then they didn't have Ben Simmons and they didn't have the James Harden, the guy that they have salary cap space for, right? He wasn't on their roster. So Boston, you can't really judge them off dominating the Brooklyn Nets just because they dominated guys that were playing a ton of one-on-one basketball, right? And they're a great team. This team has the same ability, except they're a team. They've played together for multiple years. They're all pushing in the same direction. There's no other things going on. There's no coaching things. There's There's no, it's just a team that, knows they how to win and to keep doing it. So we can't judge Boston in this series based off of their performance in the prior series because it's so drastically different, right? So drastically. Miami going against, for instance, Miami going against Trey Young, but then a big one-on-one guy, and then Miami going against James Harden, who's got to dominate now one-on-one. Miami's seen the story before. Yeah, they're different players, but ultimately the way they like handle the ball and do it, they're like, oh, we've seen this story before, right? So Miami going against Toronto and Philly, same thing. Boston going against Brooklyn and then Milwaukee, those are two different books, two different translations. It is, it's, it's, it's Greek and Spanish. So like, don't worry about Boston. You got to keep your faith and don't stress out over one game. I don't know. That kind of all made me think that I should be worried about Boston. <laughs> that, that, that all made me like less confident in them. If they don't um, win tonight, the series is over. Okay. Thank you. Okay. Yeah. You also, you also just made me less con. I picked the Sixers. And there's no Marcus. And there's <laughs> no Marcus what? Smart. The Sixers tonight. to do. But you did not know without Joel Embiid. You did not know without Joel Embiid. That yeah, I didn't know they weren't going to have Joel Embiid. But here's here's my thought. I do have a I do have a vision for how Please. they could somehow. <laughs> For somehow pull this out. Share. Harden and in, in, in <laughs> Harden and Maxi in I, I thought at the end of their last series, uh, I thought they did a pretty good job of meshing together. I don't think the Harden and Bead connection is, is quite there, and I think that's their biggest problem. But I think if you can get Harden and Maxi, because Harden, you, is there going to be a game where both Harden and Maxi are going to be off? Like other than other than the last game, <laughs> don't look at me like that, man. Like, come on. I I'm I'm just saying if you can if you can get James Harden to facilitate a little bit more, get James Harden to facilitate a little bit okay, more, spread but, the ball around. One of the hardest parts about facilitating is his facilitating is also predicated on him getting by his guy and getting into the paint and causing problems on defense. If you can't get by your guy, which he, he his first step is struggling, and I'm not saying yeah. that. The numbers are saying that. Yeah. There's been a decline four straight years from 36 to 34 to 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 maybe 25 and to 22. So it's like – 
there is a decline. And if you can't get by your first defender, for instance, Kevin Durant struggled Boston's physicality, right? Because he would get by one. There's another guy there, but he still has ability to pull up, but he struggled. Giannis, he gets by the first defender, bullies the second defender, and then gets an and one on the third defender, right? That's why it's different for Boston. And Boston has to tweak what they're doing. I think Boston will figure it out. I don't think they're going to get swept or anything. But like James Harden, James Harden, he used to be able to bully past that first defender, cross the crap out of him, and then bully the next guy or make the right pass all day. That's why he was 40 and 10, right. 50 and 10. Was he? Did he have a 60-point triple-double? Something crazy. So it's like James Harden is struggling to get past that first defender, so it's, it's, it's making his ability to play make that much harder. I saw a video, I think Kevin O'Connor put it together. I think that yeah. was him of of like his first step and him trying to get into the paint and beat his guy just side by side, him on the Rockets and him now. And like his leaping ability and his vert is just so clearly not what it once was. And it's just, it's sad. It's tough to see. Um, and well, yeah, well, I mean. Now, yeah, Theo, it's, all, it's tough to see, but it's like with all, and this is with real respect to James Harden, it's like, I, every player wishes that on their decline in their early 30s, they were averaging 18 and are 22 and nine. Right. It's right. Like those are yeah. the, those are my best years in my prime <laughs> at like 25 years old. That was like my, my dream numbers. Like so that just shows you how good he is. And right. I yeah. think he's got yeah. more in him. It's just tough because the expectations are so high for her and they're not just to be like a good aging declining veteran it's to be like right now it's to be the best player on a team and go like beat a you know the heat in the yeah, series the, I mean, or the expectation get a win. for james harden is to be the great like the best scorer ever like well, james that, harden like, should, james harden should also be in his prime right now that's where it's a little we're not talking like you look at what chris paul's doing at his age you look at what lebron james is doing right. at his age you know so when you look at some of these greats that have played and he's in his early 30s Right. And like he was eight seconds away, like the Brooklyn Nets were about to offer him a four or five year max contract. So like whoever they were about to offer like a five year max deal. Right. Now, would anybody in this room offer James Harden a five year max deal seeing his four year decline? He's an ASU alum. So, yes. Okay, that's fair, no, Theo. No, that I makes no, I He's one of my okay. favorite players ever. So yes. <laughs> no, I no, I, yeah, no. You're the GM. You're the GM, right? Now your 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 list your listeners. You got you guys got your listeners now. They're gonna want you to tell the truth. Would any of you guys, as the GM, give James Harden a five year max deal? No, no, but you're not. It's a it's a big mistake to trading you know, a pretty big package for James Harden. And then yeah, I guess Ben, ben, ben let was, him walk. Ben was, ben, but you had to let, no, I'm not saying no, let him no, walk because you can, you can still do sign and trade. So like teams that might not have the salary cap might be able to like sign. So you might be able to sign him in Philly and trade him so you can get some assets back, maybe some picks, whatever it is to make the money work. So that you can get a little something for him. And, but it just, I look at that, and if he continues this decline, you will be paying him fifty to a hundred million dollars with two years left on that deal, and he might not be averaging twenty. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I, th I think he just doesn't. One part of it is like you, you mentioned, like Chris Paul and 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 LeBron James as guys who have have kept it at a high level even despite their age. But it's like Harden. I just don't think he takes care of his body in quite the yeah, same way yeah. as those guys do. I don't know but, the guy personally. Well, no, but no it, one takes care of their body the way like LeBron yeah, and like just, Brady do. Yeah, they're on another planet when it comes. So to they are you on do, planets. And and I can't look if I haven't partied with you. If I haven't been on the same team as you. Um, so I can't speak on that. What I will say is there is um, there is a quote unquote reputation that he enjoys himself. Right. Um, that and that could be inaccurate. Like like it's never perfect because we forget this when he was enjoying himself he was averaging 34 points a game this wasn't like it wasn't like he was going out and being that dude and it goes man you can do what you want when you're popping right but it's like the minute you start right. to struggle people want to question every single thing that you're doing so i'm not right. going to question that i just wonder if he's doing everything he can to be the best physical version of himself 
Do you think he put a fat suit on to get out of uh, Houston? <laughs> I, I think I think for players of that caliber, players of that caliber, like it's like wrestlers. They know how to drop weight, right? He's a big boy too. So like gaining 10 pounds, 15 pounds, losing 10, 15 pounds, that can be done in a week. That can be done. That And then I'm not saying healthily. I'm not saying like in a proper way. But if you gave you gave most athletes 10 days, they could lose 10 pounds because they'll just work out three, four times a day, cut their calories, eat only the right things at the right time. No drinking, no nothing. And we're if you're used to working out five, six hours a day, that's all you got to do. And then just cut your calorie back. You'll just, you'll, especially when you're in the prime of your career, the weight will just fall off you. Right. Cool. Yes. Yeah. Okay. That makes you get more that sense. Then that, that makes, makes yeah, you get that. Yeah. Out. That makes more sense than the whole fat suit thing. I was hoping that you'd say, like, yes, he told me that he did. That doesn't even, <laughs> no, what, what kills me about that too is that <laughs> I feel like if you were to all of a sudden be out of shape, it would make other teams less likely to want to trade for you. So I don't even know if it helps you leave that much. I think holding out would just be the easier way to do that. Yeah. Well, not show up. Yeah. It's tough. It's tough for a guy like James though, because like teams know that he's available. Right. At any rate. Right. Uh, Yeah. And the heat, the heat 76ers series, my, my heat were my pick before the season to win the whole thing or not win the whole thing, make it out of the East. That was my pick for that. Okay. Okay. I like that. I like that Theo. I, that was my take before the season, and I just liked, obviously, Spolstra is a genius coach, and I just love, I think there's two ways to kind of make it to the finals. One is have a, a generationally, like, once-in-a-lifetime athlete like a like a LeBron or a Steph Curry, and the other way is just, like, try to mimic the Spurs, like, as much as possible, like, the old Spurs teams, like, as much mm-hmm. as possible. So, and the Suns are in that mold, I think, right now. And I looked at the Heat, and I'm like, I think the Heat can be the Suns, like, so many like champions on that roster and so many guys who's either won or been deep into the playoffs and their defense is going to be really good. So they were my pick before the season and I've stuck with it. They're going on the, with the 76ers right now. They're up one Oh and beat is hurt. Like he always is. Uh, that's the other thing about some guys is like some guys like Embiid, like, Oh, you couldn't predict Embiid getting hurt. You know, you, you would th- think that they would go through the whole playoff series with Embiid. It's just not smart to think that about some guys. I think some guys just are like Zion or yeah. Some guys just get hurt all the time. And you know, so the the heat, heat 76ers, I don't know what your pick was going into the series, but do you think, do you think the 76ers have any shot in this one? Or do you think it's going to be not, not without, not without James, not without James playing at a level um, that he has to achieve. And there's nothing that has shown us that. And that's, this is, like this is not like my opinion this is not like these right. are just the factual numbers right like no gambler is out there betting on James Harden to go have 30 not a smart one right because he's had 11 straight games of under 25 points a game this is a guy for instance 2 seasons ago averaged 33 points a game and 4 seasons ago averaged 36 points a game Right. And this is a guy that now today has played 11 straight postseason games without cracking the 25 point a game mark. So it's this is not a this is not a criticism. It's an observation. Right. That he is just not currently right now. Now he could be injured. He could just be, you know, all of the different changes and being needing to sit in the summer and just work and train, whatever it is. He's just not that dude right now for the first time in about a decade. Can we also observe that James Harden has also had some of the worst playoff luck ever? Like Lo- Chris Paul losses or luck? Yes. Like Chris Paul getting hurt all like awful. And now like the one time he has like another another chance to have like a decent team around him that doesn't all hate each other. Mm-hmm. The the best player is hurt. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's and another it's, reason it's, why it's, it's so sad to see him like this is like, man, it, it kind of looks like he'll never like he's one of the best players of the era. And it just probably I don't know if it'll go. It hasn't really like worked that. out for him quite the way it needs it breaks to. Breaks my heart. Well, I and, agree and, and with look, like, I'm not going to tell him where to stay, though. But like, man, could you imagine <laughs> if Brooklyn would have had him? Yeah. Yeah, man. And now, that was a big saying? thing, too, is that they had a problem moving the ball around. I thought that they're. You know, they just got too stuck in a maybe a little bit too much iso ball or I got to go get yep. this bucket. 
and Harden is the one guy. You know, I, I thought this too. It's like, well, they have enough offensive firepower without Harden. It's not a big deal. It'll be okay. But missing that playmaking definitely killed him. So oh, I wonder what? if he really put himself in a better oh, heck situation. Yeah, they did. What do you think about Doc Rivers? Uh, I know that he had a press conference the other day where he ran down all of his like blown leads and was like, that one's not my fault. Like, that one wasn't yeah, I think me. he's very frustrated right he's now. He's very, very it. frustrated right now. Do you think like it's valid? Like, who do you think is right there? Like Doc Rivers, like he is like a, one of the best coaches and, you know, he's right to say, you know, all these things were my fault. Or do you think like, yeah, Doc, you're, you're, oh, you are I, I what your record I, is. You are what your record is, but there is times where like you might overachieve. Like his team overachieved and was up 3-1 against the number one seed right against the number one seed they overachieved they had a great player in t-mac so it's like if if dallas if dallas were to go up 3-1 against this phoenix suns team and then the best team in basketball that go and went on and win a championship right if they come back it's like look kd kevin durant right and 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 the golden state uh, against golden state were up 3-1 right in oklahoma city so like it happens to the greatest players, the greatest teams, the greatest coaches. All of that does happen. But within that, you have to look at the story. What happened? You have injuries. You had a team that actually probably shouldn't have gone up 3-1 and then lost three straight because the best team turned up the fucking heat because they were about to get eliminated. And then they went on and win it, won a championship. So there's always more in the story than just stats. And people that just want to focus in on stats, which... The internet has created that and advanced <laughs> statistics, have, has, statistics have created that. So now everybody wants to fucking point to what they're re- Oh, on Tuesdays, he shoots 18% going to his <laughs> left when they're wearing the purple uniforms. It's like, bro, like we get it, man. Like my eyes can see he's, can, he's, he's good at that. Um, and so you have to use more of the storytelling element than just to break down. Oh, he's got multiple three, one losses, you know? What do you think about the uh, DeAndre Jordan stuff? Because a lot of people are clamoring for him not to play. And I, 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 get, I, I think it's partially, you know, it really sucks. You don't have a, maybe a backup big that wouldn't get played off the court in a lot of different playoff series with and beat out. But at the same time, I mean, dude, maybe you got to try out Paul Reed at the five. Maybe you got to go small ball because yeah, it wasn't working like you- game one. Yeah, Matt, you don't freak out after game one. Again, Rudy Gobert has been played off the court, and this dude's a, a, a Hall of Fame player, right? And so it can be tough, difficult. Uh, I will say that was one of the effects of the trade. Like, Drummond was probably the best backup center in the league, him and JaVale McGee, in my opinion. So now now Drummond, who was backing up and beat, at least gave you a roll threat, a big body would do right. something, right? And DeAndre, no disrespect, DeAndre, you can see the decline. I felt the decline. DeAndre is a much, much older player. He doesn't have mm-hmm. nearly as much. But part of the reason why they were playing DeAndre is they were trying to get James in a pick and roll to see if James could do something. Why did they need to do that? Because James is having trouble breaking players down one-on-one. So because James is struggling to break players down one-on-one, they have to play a big that you can't just switch across the board on. So then they play DeAndre Jordan. Only problem is DeAndre Jordan is not as dominant as he once is. So now you roll a screen roll with two guys that don't look like they're in like their peak best version of themselves against the Miami Heat. That is right. Tough. They can't match the playoff intensity, and no. it's killing them. Now, if you had now if you had the pick and roll of James Harden and Joel Embiid, that's a much different problem. But you don't, and it's actually yeah. going to affect it's going to affect James so much more. I just don't know if it's worth. I mean, you got to get Harden going. I get, but I don't know if it's worth what it does to you on defense to put Jordan out there. I mean, you you don't want to panic after one game. You see in the Grizzlies series, right? They play Stephen yeah. Adams' first game, and Gr- Stephen Adams is a really good player. But, but Stephen Adams just wasn't working he, in that matchup. Yeah, he he couldn't play in that series. He mm-hmm. couldn't play. No, and taking he, him out he, after one game was the right call, 100%. Yeah, and you saw Jaron Jackson Jordan. struggled to play in that series. Was in foul right. trouble, didn't score a ton. Like, that was a tough series for a more mobile big, more athletic big in Jaron Jackson. That just shows you, like, Stephen Adams not playing in that ser- series, that was the right one. Um, he, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I think that's kind of the same thing with DeAndre Jordan. I mean, to me, it's just like, man, dude, you just, what do you do? <laughs> like, I get that. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's defense. You watch him like 
you can break him down off the dribble like so easily and he's not even like an enforcer at the rim anymore so it's like yeah that's and it's like you that's the most obvious part too to like a viewer while or like me watching who doesn't know like so many of the interesting interest interest never mind you can't, can't even on. say the word i can't bro. even say the fucking word so how word. am i supposed to like intricacies. You know what a, and, and intricacies come on, let's do it oh my. there we go we got intricacies you know, got you, intricacies yeah there we go yeah the intricacies like, of intricacy the intricacies of the intricacies uh but yeah. like yeah man it's like when it's so obvious like oh my god deandre you're getting you know cooked over and over again and then you got doc rivers out here like like it or not, we're playing Jordan, and then on top yeah, of yeah, because he's, he's got like, because he's like, like, oh man, the because he's like so bad because Doc. you know you know what he can't say, you know what Doc can't say. He was like, I gotta play DeAndre because I need somebody to set a screen because James Harden can't beat his guy off one on one. What do you want me to do? Like that's right. what James Harden, that yeah. that's what Doc Rivers is really saying. He's like, we're gonna try and do that because I gotta get James going, and James is not going to get going playing one on one because he's not playing one on one the way we've seen him play the last three four years. So what do you right. want me to do? That's why he gets sensitive as a coach. It's like, <laughs> I get it. You guys want me to create something. I was expecting to have my MVP player in Joel Embiid with James Harden being my second best player and a good Tyrese Maxey and Tobias Harris played well. Right. That's what I was expecting. Hey, look, you take Giannis off of the Bucks. You're not going to judge Bud for his lack of adjustments. You're going to be like, damn, that sucks. He doesn't have Giannis. That's all you would say. That would be the end of the conversation. Not like, oh, these adjustments that he needs to make and blah, blah, blah. You're like, bro, you can't judge a coach. Like, you can, but ultimately, you know that without Joel Embiid, especially in this round, even if they were hypothetically able to move on, they weren't going to keep winning without Joel. I don't, right? I don't like, think that people necessarily have a problem with like, okay, if they lose a series, yeah, you don't have Embiid. Like, what are you going to do? But that I think people still want to see the Jordan adjustment because – it Harden didn't get going last game with Jordan on the court and the defense, even, even if he did, I'd rather go to like Harris and Maxi and try to make that work because I know with Jordan on the court, the defense isn't going to be good enough. And it's not necessarily about winning or losing, but you can see that that is not working and people want to at least see the adjustment attempted. Oh yeah. And no, and there will like for people that want to start coaching after game ones, right? It's like, you always sounds like everybody slow down. Right. Because sometimes you can look at it and be like, it wasn't that we were cooking. We weren't doing our assignments. And a coach will walk in and be like, oh, so everybody wants to change a game plan. Okay. Well, let's look at 10 times that we didn't follow the game plan. We didn't give the game plan an actual chance. He's like, look, in this pick and roll, hey, look, James, did we run this play right? Hey, look, this is what we did. Blah, 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 blah. So if you look at those moments, a lot of times it's not always just about like, oh, is the game plan not working or did the guys follow the game plan to the way it was supposed to be? And some teams are so good they can take you out of your game plan, but coaches have a very unique way of looking at it and be like, we don't need to change it because we just didn't do a good job of it in the first time. Right. But it's also like, are you going to expect to get results with De with DeAndre and Harden? No, that, no. Way, that way. So like, so maybe, maybe that's the other side of it where it's like, it's like, well, how did you expect to actually get results with that strategy? Look, when you lose, when you lose the MVP, you're searching, right. you're grasping for straws yeah. at that point in time. And it's like, well, we got to get James going. So what do we do? Well, let's play DeAndre. So like, maybe he can set some screens. Maybe he can throw a lob. Maybe he can do something that'll set, that'll open up every guy. Because if you just try and go all five smalls, you know what happens? Think about this. Any screen or any action, what happens? You switch, right? Yeah. You yeah. switch. Now you switch. Now, stay with me here. So if they're like, okay, let's play five smalls, right? Or whatever, or something like with, with Reed or somebody like that. If they switch down the line, the way James is playing, does it look like he can get past Jimmy Butler? Is it look like he can get past P.J. Tucker? Is it looking like he can get past uh, Bam Adebayo? He's not looking like he can go past those guys. So like yeah. now you're like, well, geez, if we put five guys out there and they're switch across the board – that's going to require James to play one-on-one. -on -one. Does it look like James can play one-on-one -on -one like that? No. No, it doesn't look like James. No, it doesn't look like he can play one-on-one -on -one like that. It so it's not. like, shit, we got to run a pick and roll. Well, the pick and roll is not working. It's like, well, plan A and plan B both suck. You know what's going to happen? We're probably going to lose. <laughs> yeah, like if plan A and plan B both suck, we're probably going to lose. Ain't shit my fault. 
That's what Doc Rivers is saying. You've been called, like, you've been saying they've lost the MVP, Joel Embiid. Uh, is is he, if you had an MVP, I don't know, do you have an MVP vote? I don't know. No, Would I he don't. He should be. I think he should be the MVP, yes. I, I think he should. I think Jokic, outstanding. I think there should be an Offensive Player of the Year, and I think there should be an MVP. Um, I think people were so enamored with Jokic's numbers, but the same narrative falls, right? It was, he did this without all of those guys. Yeah. And last year he held on and they finished third. And that's what's part of the reason why that, that helped build his case for MVP this year, they show up and they're sixth. So, cause it's like, yo, we get, he can put up these amazing numbers, but like how many times in history have we given the MVP to somebody and especially the back-to-back MVPs, right? Like let, let's not just back-to-back MVPs ain't about stats. People we're talking about Steve Nash who got better and their team were both number ones, Tim Duncan, right? Team number one, um, uh, Michael Jordan's night back to back LeBron James team's number one Steph Curry team's number one and now all of a sudden we want to get back to back MVPs to the guy with the best stats like come on that's where that's where that when I tell you that stats start to like mess up the game that's what that's where it's not that he's not deserving five guys every year are deserving of the MVP I don't I don't think the reason why the award went to Jokic is because his numbers were the best I think it's because people think that he helped his like he did more to help his team win than like all the other guys, which obviously it's really close. And the reason why he maybe had a few less wins is because his supporting cast was significantly worse. And Bede was a four seed. That's also an incredibly low, almost never happens seed yeah. for a team to be. Uh, agreed. And and when I say stats, it means that because he is like the embodiment of their offense, he's getting everyone involved assists. He's getting rebounds. He's scoring 30 points. He's doing all of these things. So when I say stats, it's not just, I mean, it's like, it's the accumulation. It wasn't like he, like, like, uh, Embiid led the league in scoring, had the most 40 and 10 games, like all these things, blah, blah, blah. And on top of it, they were in a much more difficult conference. We can look and say that the Eastern Conference was a better conference top to bottom than the Western Conference. So, uh, again, the defending champs were in that conference, Miami, Boston, like all those teams. Look how good Cleveland was, and they didn't make the postseason. Like Cleveland yeah. was... Four at the all-star break, six all year, had a ton of injuries, stumbled into stumbled into seven and lost two games. And they lost to Trey Young and these teams that were like in the conference finals last year. The Eastern Conference was far better. So to say four in the Eastern Conference when it's by far the best one, that seems like, again, that just adds more weight to Joel Embiid. In my, in my opinion, in my opinion, I, th- I know there's a there's a lot of Jokic people out there. We're Jokic people, sadly. I, and I, I, I support I, I Jokic. Think, I, think, I think like the difference yeah. in wins. Show me, is just okay, not show me, enough. show me, show me another time in history that we just gave it to the best offensive like performance of the year, right? Well, show me any time in history a back-to-back MVP has done it with finishing third and then following up finishing sixth. To me, that that sets a bad precedence. But show me I another time Jokic. that a guy has led his team to almost fifty wins with his second and third option who are on max contracts out. It's definitely an exception that's being made for Jokic, but it's a situation yeah, exactly. worthy it's a, of an exception. But yeah, but, it's, but I don't want to give people credit because this is you. Okay, another example. Do you know why you guys know history of like when teams, when when um, when players win MVPs, you know how they give them their team and they, they give all their players on their team an award, like a watch or a thank you, right? Because the MVP is also a team award. It's also a team award. That means everyone did the things that they were supposed to do. Everyone was in shape. Everyone did all the things that allowed us to be the best team in the NBA, and I was the best player on the best team, and that's why I won the MVP, right? That's so Booker, it though, is right? You, no, but like Booker, people want to make an argument for Booker and his stats. And yes, Booker, I don't personally think that – if you look at how the MVP runs the ship, Giannis runs the ship. Jokic runs the ship. Embiid runs the ship. Braun runs the ship. It is everything. Chris Paul runs the ship, but Devin Booker is the statistical monster on the team and is their like best player. So that's where those two guys are split. Chris Paul and Devin Booker combined is Jokic or Embiid or... You know, so that's where it gets a little skewed when you look at the dominance of those guys. I love Jokic. He's one of the best players I ever played with, ever seen in my entire life. I'm not that. I just look at 
it now it can be forever used in a way that's like, well, look, this guy got hurt and look at his stats. We would assume that they would have 60 wins if this played. So this is why, and look at what they did. They got to the fifth spot and now they should be the MVP. And it's like, bro, that's, that's not the way we've ever, we've ever done MVPs and going back to the Jordan magics, Larry's that's never been done that way. So why now? And I think, I think it's because the award, like how people want to give it out is changing. Yeah. Saying that the most valuable player is always on the number one seat, I think is wrong. I don't think necessarily like an individual player can be the most valuable, gain their teams the most number of wins without being on the best team because that involves a lot of the team around them. And for an individual award, it's worked like that for a long time. But seeing that shift isn't necessarily wrong. No, but that's but that's why but that's why there should be an offensive player player offensive MVP, and there should be because yo like Joel Embiid was the MVP, and I think Jokic was the best offensive player this year. What'd you say? I might, I might switch that, that around. Although that, Embiid that, that, that's is, something yeah, we've, we've talked about a lot on, on this podcast, which is like the MVP is, is kind of labeled currently as just like the most outstanding player as opposed to like the most valuable player. I think, into, I think Jokic into, winning it is really most valuable player. I think it's really just wins add and people are saying Jokic had the most. Yeah, but, but, but think about that over the, over the eight years that LeBron was going to the finals. Was he the most valuable player on every one of those damn teams? Even if they didn't finish one, even if they didn't finish two, damn right that dude was. And I know he won. I know he won like multiple, multiple MVPs and stuff, but there are multiple years where like you would say that, oh, he probably should have one or two more, right? right. Like, like he should have one or two more where if we were to use this same statistical, like the year that Derrick Rose won it, right? And they gave him the MVP because they were the number one seed and he was the best player and he was having an epic year. Was he having a better year than LeBron James? He was having a newer year. He was having a newer year where it was like we hadn't seen this before. Right. And even Russell Westbrook's MVP goes falls into that line, too. He did something that we had never statistically seen in the history of the game of basketball or not history in the last like 50 years. And I think when we look back at those, it's we kind of view it as mistakes. And I feel like we've almost corrected yeah, that. Right. If it goes I, I to Jokic, if you, if, you we look back, back, if you ask a lot of people who did if Derek Rose deserved that MVP over LeBron, they're going to say no. Yeah. It's, and it so was, it's like, it's, it's, it's real. Like, again, yeah, we look back at it and being like, oh yeah, LeBron was the most valuable player for all these years and he never won the award. We look at that now and we, we know that now it's just like, I view this as almost the equivalent of giving LeBron that award then instead. So when we look back at it, be like, cause like Seth Curry would be like the second best play, player on the Nuggets right now. James Harden would definitely be the second best player. Ma- Maxi would be the second best player. Tobias Harris might be the second best player on the Nuggets right now. Like the infrastructure Jokic is yeah, working but, is just Yeah, but, but so wait a second. Bad. Wait, but, but you can't talk about the infrastructure. He didn't have his second best player all fucking season. Right. Did Joel Embiid? I'm saying, no, did Joel? No, you see, you're saying that about Jokic. Okay. So you guys want to make this environment, like make it seem like this was like this weird. How many games did, how many games did, um, did the second best player, a guy that was up for defensive player of the year, it was a three-time all-star and he's only 25. How many games have Ben Simmons played this year? Zero. Ben Simmons not playing is definitely a big deal, but it doesn't change the fact that Embiid's struck like the team around him was significantly better. It, it was still it was, about yeah, second no, or third no, best. No, like, was, who's no but like, but but I understand that, but it's also the impact of having to raise your level because you don't have the setup guy, because you don't have that number one defensive guy. You lost your point guard, the guy, so now he had to take on more responsibility. So we make it seem like, oh, he had two guys hurt, and look at what he did. Well, this guy had the second best player on his team hurt. Yes, his team is better with Tobias. Tyreek Maxey is a development guy. So no one knew Tyreek Maxey was going to come into the season and play this way. It was really looking like Joel Embiid. And if Tyreek Maxey would have had uh, had averaged 12 points a game this year, everyone would have been like, that's a good year for the young players getting better. But he had a big jump because of better opportunity. So all of the toxic stuff that he had to deal with, with the drama and the BS and all of that stuff, all of having to deal with that, and he put together leading the league in scoring, 40 and 10 games, all of these things he put together. So what I'm saying is that we can't just use that narrative for, for Jokic and say, look at what he accomplished without his two best players. And it's like, well, Joel Embiid also was missing a player that, in my opinion, if Ben Simmons was playing at his peak, he's been an all-star. They're, they're not missing any all-stars on, am I, correct me if I'm wrong, are they missing any all-stars on Denver? 
No, but the infrastructure and Jamal is still and better. Ben Simmons. I don't think Ben Simmons <laughs> would have been an All Star this year, though. No, if Ben Simmons would have done every single, th- they were the number one seed the year before. They Matt, they were the number one seed the year before, and he was they an All Star. They were, yeah, so, but also we wouldn't we wouldn't be talking about like how little help Jokic had if he also happened to have. Tyrese Maxey and Tobias Harris and James Harden for half a year. Like there's well, only so much, I, well, I'm missing my second best option, but also he got traded in the middle of the year for James but, but Harden. It was, but it was also a bunch of bullshit that came with it, that those guys didn't have anything to do as players and teams. I'm not trying to make an argument for against Jokic. I'm making an argument for Joel Embiid. And that's one thing that I always try and make clear because I think Jokic is deserving. I think Giannis, if you want to talk about it, Giannis right. is proven to be also. the best player in the world right. for the next probably 10 years. Is and and, the, and part of the reason is he was getting voter fatigue. People didn't want to vote oh, for yeah. him this year because he's always going to it's be boring. judged against his prior years. His prior years is how they're going to judge him. Is that fair? No. Because statistically, in the better conference, he, they finished where they finished third. third. Yes. Yeah. So they should have, and they should have, he should have probably be a little bit more in the higher conversations because offensively and defensively, the things that he does is probably more impactful. But you're going to say, oh, he had all of his squad. And it's like, when does that start vote counting against you? When did having your whole entire voting squad like now become a part of like the normal thing? It's not that right. it's it's the same. I'm making an argument for Jokic, not against Giannis. So it's not that mm-hmm. Giannis having, you know, uh, Middleton and Holiday is going against him. It sounds it's just like that it. Because you not. can't say you what you can't say you can't go and say well those guys would be the best player. It's like no 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 no. Now we're changing the you. Now you're starting to make an argument against instead of for. Well, you could say the argument for Jokic I, is he just had I, better numbers. I think, than, I think we're than getting to a point where no, Blade, and we're going to keep arguing. We're going to keep arguing. We're going to keep arguing nonstop. No, I love all you guys, I'm but saying, I, I, I finish it. Finish it. I, I have to run, but I have to run soon. But we can definitely yes. finish this argument. I okay, love. Let's it. Wait, let's go. I, we got to talk about the, two more series. How about I, like? Just yeah, I was, like, getting, I yeah. was thinking we could we could argue about this forever until you have to leave. But I think it'd be better for the people if we talked about these other sorry guys we're sorry we're sorry (laughs) i'm sure they all loved it i'm sure they all loved it but like suns suns mavericks obviously suns played last night um beat the mavericks in a game that i think ended a little bit closer than the than the like actual game would indicate uh do you think the suns uh let's see and then it's warriors grizzlies do you think it's safe to assume that the grizzlies and uh, the suns and the warriors are winning these series do you think if that's a everyone, safe assumption? If, if everyone stays healthy and everyone plays, um, if everyone plays to to their capability, yes. Minnesota, you, yeah. Min, Minnesota was down three different times going into the fourth. Right, they were down three different times going into the fourth. Do you know what the Suns' record is going into the fourth with a lead? Fifty-one and zero. Thank you. The further yeah. you go, you can't have these mental lapses, these defensive lapses, these offensive lapses, these silly fouls, these mistakes, because the better you go, the better teams make you pay for it. 50 and 0. That those bad 50, boys are. Yeah. 50 and 51, 0. So that's 51 just, now. 51 and 50, 51. So that just, I'm just saying. So yes, I do yeah. think those are the two teams that I think we will see for different reasons if everyone stays healthy. Who would you well, take? Even without, even even if everyone doesn't stay healthy without <laughs> Booker, <laughs> I mean, Paul went fourteen for fourteen. Yeah, that was crazy. <laughs> and That's, they got a win. Against their the their depth, the Suns. That's I'm a crazy. Suns. Their they're, depth they're, is is ridiculous. ridiculous. But who would you take in a series, Warriors or Suns? Assuming, sorry, Grizzlies yes. fans, I'm sorry that we're <laughs> writing you off I, like this. I would take Suns. I would take Suns in seven. Okay. So uh, Suns in six because if it went seven. If it wins seven, I would not want to bet against the Warriors. He is the Fair. only man ever to bet against his team. I love betting. Yeah. Against, there's nothing I love more than betting against my own team because I'm either right or I. Or don't you're give happy. A shit. I've, Me and you, yes. Theo. That's how I always bet. I bet against my heart. I yes. bet against my heart. So either way, I'm happy. Either way, I'm right. And I Fake also fan. think like there's so many Warriors versus Bucks like final, like so many. Uh, not Warriors, Suns versus Bucks repeats. Like half the brackets I saw, that was yeah. the pick. Those so it's like, and teams. the Warriors, the Warriors could could get really win. Like the amount of people who picked the Warriors compared to like the odds that it's happened is also I thought was a little bit out of whack. So I 
have got the Warriors winning that. I, I like pools coming out also as well. Like I also not only do I love betting against my own team, I legit the Suns legitimately do terrify me and pool legitimately terrifies me. And I, I think like the way they've looked, I think they're winning. I think they're winning it all, sadly. Oh, as much as I hate to good. say it. That's my that's my last thing. I think if we got to wrap it up, is that series because I think mm. that's what everybody's kind of looking forward to, or maybe right. looking past this round for. It's gonna yeah, be a fun one. As, I I don't know who wins though. Like, I don't either. Jaws. Jaws. Interesting. You don't. You don't see ja- it. You don't see it. <laughs> but but I'm, but guys, I'm not, I, I'm I, I'm but, but guys, I, I do have to run. I got to go pick up my kids. It's trash. Right. Yeah, school's getting. Okay. Out. We'll wrap things up. Thank you all for tuning in. We do appreciate Richard Jefferson coming on. So here on this, show, we do have like these nicknames. So whenever mm-hmm. I outro, it's always Theo is Bird Boy, Matt's Corn Boy, I'm Lemon Boy. Okay. We're, yeah. So we're gonna we're gonna outro you with. Let's we're go. Outro you with a with a nickname. Just let's to, go. Just to, just to know, get you to, some money. I, I want to be a part of the crew. I want to be a part. I want to be a part of the group. He's part yeah. of the crew. So as always, don't miss out on all the great t- content coming away on all platforms. From Corn Boy, Bird Boy, Egg Boy, and Lemon Boy, we will catch you all on the flippity flop. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.